Welcome to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. The Podcast. Where we discuss everything you need to know and perhaps some things you don't about how to fail forward in young adult ministry. These monthly podcasts discuss culture topics, interview guests, cover books, and rift on anything else that we feel like is relevant. Hello, my name is Kenny. I live in the Boise, Idaho area where I'm the volunteer director with my local church, Young Adult Ministry. And I'm Chris in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm on staff with University Christian Fellowship as a church engagement catalyst and the National Coordinator for Campus Mission, which is an outreach of the Church of the Nazarene to college and university students. And I'm Jeremy in Nashville, Tennessee, where I serve as the university pastor and community engagement pastor at Trebekah Community Church. And, and here, here we, we go. Here we go. Go. Yamcast team together again. So excited. Life updates. Um, Jeremy has just returned from a trip to somewhere where he may or may not talk about. I don't know. So has Chris. <laughs> I have gone nowhere. Who wants to start? <laughs> uh, do you want to start, Chris? Beard before um, beauty. <laughs> actually, so yes, I just got back from about 10 days on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, Northerners call it the Appalachian Trail. I'm trying to, I'm a Southerner. The Appalachian Trail. And um, yeah, so this has become an annual trek, pilgrimage, uh, prayer hike, um, some people ask me, oh, hey, you got back from vacation. I don't really consider it a vacation because it's kind of painful. Yeah. Um, I had a great time hiking, praying. I mean, really, that's become a critical rhythm of my annual life. I would say it's become an annual rhythm in my life to kind of do slow care and prayer and just sort of rejuvenation and it's obviously it's part recreational and fun and physically challenging and stuff like that um the at diet is a real thing you can lose some good weight by hiking for eight to 12 hours a day uh, for several days in a row so uh, it's not real sustainable but um so anyway had a great time actually it was much less eventful than my trip last year there weren't too many crazy kind of things that happened this time um no but snake, i did take snake whispering yeah i didn't see a single snake at all uh this time because i went a little earlier in the year so it's still a little chilly had some cold nights and okay. some cold days i got sleeted on uh hailed on um there was some those, interesting weather those months. gators were right at snake eye level too and if i saw the dirty girl sunburst gators coming at me and i was you know a snake tend to, tend to go the rethinking things um but no bears this time no rattlesnakes no i only saw like one rabbit didn't see a single deer saw several wild turkeys um, which is cool um yeah but then got home and uh my oldest daughter just graduated from college my mm-hmm other daughter just graduated or is graduating from high school this Saturday. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of craziness going on and good celebrations in our family and our home. Uh, we've got a big graduation party coming up that we're kind of 
celebrating both the girls and their accomplishments. And uh, unfortunately, that creates a huge honeydew list for me yeah. to find a power washer and clean off the siding. Mm-hmm. Got this moldy house. Um, so we've got to clean things up. I've got a lot to do before uh, the party is coming up on Saturday. Memorial it's Thursday. Day it's Thursday, Crystal. I need to come over and help. Um, you're welcome to. Okay. Party's not till the Saturday after uh, graduation, so. Oh, good. From the good, good, good. I've got, I've got. Um, so anyway, yeah, and I and I'm at my parents' house now, and with this beautiful plain wall behind me. And you wrote on their chair, and that's, I don't know how they feel about that, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. It's artistic author chair. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just spent a day with them helping out around the yard in the house, planting some raised beds. My dad wanted some tomatoes in the ground, taking a fruit tree down and chopping that up and burning it. Um, so lots of fun, interesting stuff. Yeah. And then we've got our family vacation coming up in June. We're going to North Myrtle Beach. So it's just kind of a weird time. I feel like I'm not going to be able to get into real kind of groove as far as ministry and you know vocation stuff for about three or four more weeks sure and that's why we're doing this now yeah yeah that's you jeremy what's up we'll go from the aged to the uh aged millennial to the geriatric wait no that's not right he's not that (laughs) we'll get to that yeah you don't actually qualify as the geriatric millennial do you I don't think so, no. Unfortunately, because I would love that title. I was, the old I was soul. Think, yep. I was thinking, though, that you were talking about um, both your daughters making significant graduations. And in my family, um, our son Zane is excited because since he just turned four, he's allowed on the indoor play area at his daycare yes. um, for, like, for safety legal reasons. They don't let people under four on it. So it's like four to 12 year olds. And so that's his new favorite thing that he's, I mean, it, like not graduated, but he's now old enough to play on the indoor play yeah. area. So that's the big, like step up. Boss uh, level achieved. <laughs> that's Come right. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, we're, we're doing good. My, my wife and I, um, we last week uh, spent a handful of days in Las Vegas and we had bought tickets um, a year and a half ago to take our dream trip to Europe um, for May, 2020. And that never happened. Um, And we had vouchers that we needed to use before they expired. And so we um, got some tickets to, to Las Vegas. We've never been there, but we've always wanted to eat Gordon Ramsay food. Mm. And so that's, it was our, our qualifications were, we wanted to go to a place we've never been. We wanted to eat Gordon Ramsay food and we wanted to be able to sit at a pool or a beach. And so we went to one of the resorts that has a big outdoor pool area. And our rhythm was literally beach in the morning nap, or I watched a bunch of premier league matches in the afternoon and then we'd go out for a few hours and, and go eat at different places yeah. um, on this trip. And it is w- the most eccentric place I've ever been uh, in my life. Um, but we really enjoyed it. Um, 
and ate some really good food. Got to, it was for the first time since we had kids. Uh, it was our first trip that we've taken just the two of us, and so cool. we wanted to just go and rest um, and not do much. So that was it was good. I turned off all the notifications on my phone um, for uh, well, social media is always turned off on my phone, but all my email on Slack um, and. We, uh, fun little thing, we were sitting at a restaurant and as we're eating dinner, uh, I think that would have been Thursday night, I was noticing, you, you know, normally the, the, in most places in the States right now, the, 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 if you go and eat inside, you have to wear the mask in, you take it off when you sit down, um, but then all the workers are masked. And as we're sitting there looking, I noticed that some of the um, hotel workers and more of the restaurant workers were taking off their masks, which wasn't. I didn't feel unsafe. Uh, both my wife and I are fully vaccinated, but it was just weird. I was like, what are they doing? And then I found out the next day, cause I was just looking at podcasts. We were literally there at like, like as when the CDC came out with their, you don't wow. need to wear masks thing. Then Nevada an hour later made the call. And we were in one of the, we were in the resort that made the, was the first resort in Nevada or in Las Vegas to immediately rescind their these things off our faces and so that's what they were doing is like as they were getting the notification they were taking it off and um i was like oh and and i don't we all live in different parts of the country all this like i feel like i'm in a whole different world um being in the city that we're in like the university immediately um uh moved back their requirement to, for everyone to have masks on campus um our church which has been matching the university in the city um did that so like um, this Sunday will be the first Sunday that we haven't had required masks um, since we reopened uh, last summer, last fall. Um, and then all of a sudden the stuff that we can, the possibilities of stuff that we can plan, um, like our local soccer club, um, the MLS team, like immediately sent out an email saying, so they could start selling more tickets because now they don't have to worry yeah. about like a certain like percentage, like it's and um, stuff. And well, we'll get into ministry updates, but like that's all of a sudden it was like, all these things that I was hoping we could do, um, but hadn't like pulled the trigger on, like we could start doing because um, there's just a lot more, you know, not being unwise, but a lot more things that we can do now and um, that are allowable, especially in the metropolis that we're in. So um, yeah, we're, uh, we're doing good. So it was just weird to be there literally as at least in my, in, in my portion of the country, um, like stuff changed radically overnight um, in terms of what we could, what we could do and what's, um, on the table now moving forward. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my updates. What about you, K Wade? Well, I, I will start with, with the CDC and mass because we all know what the CDC said, but what was heard in Idaho. And the first time that a lot of people ever followed any CDC guidance ever was you don't have to wear a mask inside or outside. And all of a sudden <laughs> It's like, that's what's happening. And I went from like, like scolding a kid at youth group last week who was running around with his mask down outside going <laughs> in kids' faces because he was being a dork going, dude, you can't do, that's not okay. You can't do that. Now, as it turns out, it's rude anyway. Like you shouldn't do that to people. Okay. Fact. And, and, and he needed that guidance to where now it's like, I see him at youth group last night and I'm like, you need to take your mask off. He's like, I don't have one on. I go, yeah, you do. You, you need to take it. I'm just totally in his head messing with him. Like I thought you were wearing an invisible mask. 
but you could take it off now, you know. I know I can't. Okay. No one's wearing a mask. Uh, depends on the grocery store. But church, like we took them, but we didn't wear them. I'm the only vaccinated person in my family, in my immediate like family group, okay? But it's optional. The kids at school, it's been optional for a week and a half. Um, school districts here have kind of done it different. It's kind of a big deal at one of the schools I was at. But I went in to do the deliveries on Thursday. It was today's Thursday. Was it Monday or Tuesday morning? And the head kitchen lady was, I saw her face for the first time that I've been doing these deliveries. And she's like, you don't, the school board voted last night and you don't need to wear a mask if you don't want to. It's totally optional if you want to, you, you still can't. I was like, well, okay, I will take it off. Put it, I carry mine on my elbow just for etiquette, just to say, I've got a mask in case I need it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have, no, if, if you've experienced it, not just in the last couple of days, couple of days, so I've had it more acutely in the last few days. There are a number of people that I've met in the last year and a half that I've only ever seen with a mask on. Yeah. Totally. And, people, and I probably, it's probably safe. Like I probably with my mask off, people are like, his nose is bigger, but like, there's a lot of people. I'm like, you don't look the same. You fill in the blank. You fill in like what the rest of their face might look like. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that way. And there was actually a guy at church last night walking in. I looked at him. I said, Hey, Dwayne, how's it going? And he looked at me and I go, it's me. I don't know if you can tell, but it's, 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 it's me right here. And he's like, yes, you're a dork, but okay. Other um, life updates. Uh, me um chris we have some parallel things going on in our life and family right now with graduations my son um he's got two days of school left in his senior year of high school graduations tuesday night family's flying in from fort wayne indiana area on saturday sunday they'll be here for, with us for a week and then we got a graduation party a week from tomorrow that i've been get, slowly getting ready for with all these little checklists in the house and outside of the house, but um, there's things I wish I could burn and I just can't because something will catch on fire if I do. Um, my son said something really cool to me last night. I just wanted to highlight this as in my update. I got back from youth group, epic extra hour long of medic dodgeball where you can like heal the people that get hit in dodgeball at youth group. And our medics were cheating. So they kept resurre resurrecting each other from the dead. And you're not supposed to do that, but it took forever get back and he comes in and and he'd stayed home last night and he sat down next to me and he's like dad i've been applying to lots of different jobs and he'd been talking to me about this but he's like i applied for a flooring job and they you know they said that they're interested in hiring me and i was like parker of course they are i go they you you need to be really selective in the jobs that you get because you were wanting to practice and run and prepare for you know the running team at college and you could get in a job that just ends up and just like monopolizes all your time and it's going to be rough on you. Flooring jobs are hard. Whatever they are, it's hard, hard work. And he looks at me and he goes, dad, I don't want to be soft. There's too many people that are soft. Like it's okay. I just want to get into it, figure it out. And it's okay if it's hard on me. Like I just, I'm like, I respect that. I just want you to yeah. be wise. I just want, I, you know, cause you know, people can go naively into a job, right? And you get into it and you're like, this is horrible. Like, it's not so much about the work. It's like who I'm working with. This is horrible or both. And so yeah. I'm trying, I'm walking that tension um, of like trying to like guide, but not like be like, bro, like, don't, don't hurt yourself. Um, and then what was the other thing I was going to, oh, 
all indications are pointing that I will get the affirmative on Monday and I will be hired full-time starting in June for this remote young adults connection pastor role with a Nazarene Compassionate Ministry Center that we all hold in common. And I will refrain from naming until it is official just to protect my head and my heart. But I had a good conversation about that again yesterday. And, you know, I've been doing a little bit of networking and recruiting and had a couple of good conversations with some folks that hopefully will end up and become part of what they're doing there already. So, yeah, pumped, excited, graduations, young adults, summer, local young adult ministry updates. I got some summer schedule stuff going on. I don't know if you want to talk about local stuff or Chris, or if you've got other things you wanted to talk about young adult, but I just, this is the season. Like um, I'm, I'm because things are opening back up again. I feel like there's some things that we can, we're free to now invite people to do together. So I was wondering if I could hear from you guys about stuff you might be doing with young adults this summer. Yeah, Jeremy, you go first, man. You got a board game night coming up, right? Yeah, um, that's one of is like I had a bunch of things kind of on the back burner that if stuff opened back, one of the main things for me is I want to be able to do events with with food and navigating the whole mask mandate thing. Again, like I'm not against wearing masks. I just it just makes it hard to do food things. And so with that out of the way, it's like oh man, I can do all the food things. Um, and so we're, we're doing a board game night um, here in a few weeks. And so I'm, I'm, I'm inviting in a few key board game lovers um, um, to come and then um, that are not necessarily young adults, but are members of the ch- or part of the church and then inviting in young adults as well. I'm trying to connect with those who are still in the city or those who like grew up in the church, but have gone other places or because they are already in to vocations and jobs um, haven't in the, in the last year. So having got plugged into some of our more college uh, specific um, events. And so um, it, it gives the opportunity to try to include some other people from the church into what we're doing. Um, also they have board games. And so then that, if they're bringing the board games, it helps. So we're doing board games and pizza and um, just hanging out for a few hours. And I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to that. That's, we're going to be doing like a, a special event. Um, May, June, and July, um, trying to do different things to try to hit different um, interests uh, within the church, but provide kind of social activities. And then we're this next week starting, um, we, there is a local kind of like Tex-Mex place that is loved by college students uh, here at Trevecca, but then also our youth pastor at the church absolutely loves it. And so he's indoctrinated all the youth, uh, youth group to love it as well. <laughs> and it's 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 really really good it's it's one of my favorite places to eat um it's like good cheap uh mexican food they got great uh burrito or um it's called baja burrito they have great uh fish tacos and like this amazing like sauce yeah. that comes with it kind of stuff and so um there's a lot of those who have graduated out of the youth group um that are connected or marginally connected that love that place and we just call it baja so starting next week we're having baja wednesdays where every uh, every Wednesday, I'll be there for a few hours, and it'll just be a hangout time where people can come and eat. And each week, um, I haven't announced this part yet, but um, each week I'll have some kind of way that I will pay for somebody's meal. So the first week, sh- whoever the first person is, I'll buy their meal. 
um, and then I'll find different ways to mix it up and cover someone's meal um, each week. But um, nice. just to have a hang have a hangout time and something that is is well loved. So this summer we're having we've got board game night coming up, and then Baja Wednesdays. You're be so, um, so surprised when I'm the first person there. You're gonna be so surprised, <laughs> and you'll be showing up three hours early. That's right. That's awesome. Um, so that's those are the the two main things this summer. We're um, we've talked previously on the podcast about something that we had um, that kind of uh, went parallel with uh, one of our conversations out of this sustainable young adult ministry book of having we have this we call it the Imagine Project where young adults and college students could put forward applications for some type of outreach. Um, event yeah. project and get some grant funding from the church. We kind of paused that um, with the pandemic. And so we're restarting that and we just approved our first project and are now cool. going to be kind of doing it kind of like on an ongoing, like rolling application where people can um, apply at any point and we'll consider it based off its, its merit. I, I, I love the church that we're at for many reasons. One of them is, and the first, um, you know, I'm at a Nazarene church. The beginning of the church year is in March. Their first meeting, one of their points of business was to um, to make the statement that they wanted that prioritized. Yeah, um, I love that. That, you know, like any other church, making budget considerations, especially after the last year, and they said, like, this isn't something that we're, we're cutting. This is something we want to prioritize. We believe in it. And so um, just to have that back, like that vote of confidence, um, from the board was was really really encouraging and so we're uh, moving forward on that as well and i'm really excited for that so right got some relational things going on but also some um some kind of mission service uh focused stuff that'll be uh coming down the pike in the coming months as well so that's that's what i've got going on in my neck of the woods chris cool, cool. um so for me locally i just kind of help out i'm part of I'm really kind of like a third of a leadership team, um, a couple of parent types, three parent types actually, um, you know, who are trying to kind of like host the young adult ministry and specifically college. It's a college age group. The idea is that their first five years out of high school, they're really going to focus on um, that age. And then growing that into a broader young adult ministry at some point. Um, but anyway, so I just occasionally, like once a month, I'll help facilitate the, a discussion that's within a Sunday school class type thing on Sunday mornings. But also through the summer, of course, we have some students who come back from college. Um, we've got several students who are either at college at Mount Vernon, for the most part, one at Point Loma. Um, so we have those students who come back. So anyway, our class went from like 12 people to suddenly 20 to 30 um, in that age range. Mm, wow. And so it's interesting trying to navigate, like what do you do with this group through the summer? But for me, I don't like the idea of just cramming the calendar with social events and things like that. But right. what can we do to really really monopolize on the community relationships, um, momentum, but also just what can we do that's substantial, that's really going to help them expand, grow their faith, develop, mature, not just 
you know, have like the youth group 2.0 experience this summer. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the big challenge for me. And I, I kind of feel like I'm the one always sort of like asking that question, like I think for the other two leaders, it, it's easy for them to fall into just the, oh yeah, yeah, we'll have like once a month, we'll have them over to our house. We'll go to somebody, somebody's house and do the pool party thing, we'll cook out and do that stuff. And all that's great, but I'm just trying to think, how do we leverage the relational stuff that's going to happen to do something more with it? Yeah. Push that energy in some, some good directions. And so, you know, Jeremy's idea there, the Imagine Project, I love that idea. And I'll be sort of taking a conversation this Sunday with our group. And, and part of what I'm going to lean on and push into them, press on, so to speak, is hey, we can either just have a lot of fun and say, you know, some fun things happen this summer, or we can be very intentional about trying to grow and dig a little bit deeper into what it means to integrate faith with your life as a student or as a whatever during this in-between time and see what God does. So um, I'm excited about the summer with that group to figure out what to do there. And then in my InterVarsity role, I continue to connect with some pastors and churches who express an interest in reaching a nearby campus. Um, one actually in Greencastle, Indiana, not too far away from here. Yeah. DePaul University is a campus there in Greencastle. And there's a pastor who's relatively new to the community and just has this sense like, oh, wow, we've, this, this community is all about this campus. So we ought to be doing something to reach students or somehow support the campus community, you know, as in the way that we do church in this community. So um, that's going to be fun to meet with them. And then Bloomington, Indiana, there's a few Nazarene pastors I'm meeting with to try to figure out how did, how are, can they be more intentional with connecting with IU students in Bloomington and stuff. So a lot of fun things going on. Um, yeah. Jeremy, the, the article that you wrote for the foundry with the W plus two model in it, it's was worship and then discipleship and, and service. Was that right? Yep. So I feel, I feel like our local ministry here, like people are self-selecting those other, the worship, the discipleship and the service. We just need to connect them together. Still, we're still figuring out how to connect them together. We're still figuring out like when somebody comes in the door on Sunday morning, like where, what's the organized way to connect them to young adults? Cause there's not a class, there's not a group, there's not a, you know, a, a, a thing like that. So I'm the, the youth pastor and I are, are having conversations about what that looks like on an ongoing weekly basis. Um, but recently my, my creative energy juices have been flowing on like, what can we do? That's like a part of the fabric of the community that's in the community. Chris, I think you said something kind of like uh, that. Um, and I wanted to add Table Rock Hikes. I told that to you guys, but there's this guy that's moved to town and he went to NNU. His dad used to be on this district. I've known him at different churches on the, on the, in the Valley or in the um, Northwest. He's 28 and he's, he's been like a volunteer pastor at different churches. Um, I thought he was on staff. I thought he was employed at these churches. He was a volunteer officially in these roles, but like I could, I didn't know that. And then I didn't know he was working someplace else in the community, you know, and he's worked in a few different 
churches in Washington state. And anyway, so now he's here. He moved to Boise. He got a job at this place called Dutch bros. Chris, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dutch bros, but they're like this coffee hut thing that yeah. birthed out of Oregon someplace. Um, and I call it a rave in a box. I mean, they're like the red bowl in your drink type, like, you know, Gen Zers hanging out the windows. Vape. Come, no, there's no vape. I'm just kidding. Um, and it, he intentionally got a job at the Dutch Bros close to NNU so he could be in young adult culture because he feels compelled to like be in that in his pastoral calling hmm. and have his have his paycheck come from outside of the church, but like be a missionary in young adult culture. And awesome. he's been coming and volunteering with our youth group and he's been taking a table rock hikes and taking his dog out all these other hikes and stuff. So I'm going to talk to him. I mean, I haven't even mentioned this to him yet. He probably didn't listen to this anyway. I just shared the, the link with him to the podcast, but see if he'll be like our once a month, like official, Hey, any young adults from our church, if you want to go hiking, Isaac's going to go do this hike and then maybe have another person that hosts a game night thing. And then I, I and some volunteers are going to do a connect once a month on Sunday mornings. Um, but the whole point is we're trying to network the young adults together to meet each other in person so they can have people that they can decide if they want to go do stuff with. But it fits within the fabric of our, our church life and our, our community life. And another one I'm going to do that with my pending job situation will just be enjoyable for me is once a week, I'm thinking, I'm just going to post to our church um, young adult ministry. I'm going to be at this coffee shop for three hours. It's kind of like the Baja thing with you, Jeremy. I'm going to be at this coffee shop. Yeah. I'm going to move around each week to a different coffee shop in the area, the different ones I enjoy. Um, and if you'd like to come hang out, it'll be a different time. So people with different schedules could come by if they want to buy some people coffee, get to know them a little bit more, hang out outside of the, the church setting. And then there's the cafe meal. The very first one's happening June 12th, nitro brew, cold, cold brew trailside service. Very excited. And that is definitely going to be a young adult invite. And I will be going to that for sure. So we're trying these different things of connections still of people that are tied through a worship kind of community body and then see what kind of grow, set that foundation this, this summer. And then when NNU students come back, hopefully we'll have networked well enough that we know of other young adults besides NNU students that are, they're there. It's just not, we haven't gone to where they're at to connect with them in community. So we're yeah, trying to do that in those third outside spaces as well. Anyway, you guys, you guys inspire me, man. I mean, when I hear about what you're doing and what you're involved with and how you're, you're trying stuff, Jeremy, that you would actually like hear about an idea in a book and then, and then like embody it and present it to a church board and body that says, yeah, we're going to do that. And now there's like money for young adults to like become the R and D. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Like I, I don't, I don't know if we're one or two years away locally from trying something like that. Um, but that's inspiring to me. Yeah, a couple of things there too. As you were talking, Kenny, I thought about there was a there was a phrase at one point you said I was talking with my youth pastor, yeah, or with our youth pastor. Yeah, I just felt like that that needs to be highlighted for a lot of people trying to do young adult ministry. If you're not in communication you know, with the youth pastor, I think that's a miss. That's a disconnect. Um, and so one of the things we're trying to do, too, is really help transition the current, um, you know, high school grad, 
class, so to speak, um, trying to help them transition well into the next thing, young adult ministry, you know, at our church. And uh, that can be a real tricky thing. I know it's something we've thrown some ideas and some comments out on our Facebook group, the Azarene College Young Adult Network thing. Um, but anyway, I just think it is crucial to be in conversation with the youth ministry uh, or, or whoever that volunteer is that has the most relationship with you know, your 11th and 12th grade students as they're transitioning. I think that that just needs to be intentional, um, probably from the beginning of their senior year of high school. Yeah. Um, ideal to begin that process as early as possible. Um, Preach it, brother. Preach it. And then also, as you were talking about you know, some of the different things you're trying, or again, as I was saying, I don't want to just have a bunch of social events on the calendar with this summer. I guess one of my, as I try to think about, like, what's the best way to translate the social energy that can be created, you know, during a season like this? Um, and, and, and I don't know, some church scenarios maybe are different. Like summer is a real difficult time or a slow time. Like I imagine for Jeremy, actually a summer could be, you know, much different and harder to manage than um, the school year. Um, but I think in a lot of our church situations, we do end up seeing some college students that we haven't seen for nine months. Yeah. Um, just trying to think, how do we really help translate that social energy into some good things? And I feel like, again, it's great to do these social events to have things happening, um, you know, the walks, the coffee shop things, the Baja things. But how can you be strategic? You know, it almost feels like Jeremy could, you could have conversations with a leadership person, a leadership team, or somebody like, hey, during these Baja Wednesday things, here's what's critical, is, is we need to make the most of opportunities to connect and get to know new young adults that maybe are just on the, on the front or just, you know, hey, on this Wednesday night or at this event on this Table Rock hike, if you could really spend some time with so-and-so and develop just, I just feel like there, there needs to be more intentional behind the scenes, kind of like with a leadership team of whoever we, whoever we think are the most strategic leaders in our ministry. Again, whether they're young adults or they're volunteers or people helping us connect with young adults, I just feel like we need to have real strategic behind the scenes conversations saying that, hey, at this social function, here's what could, could really help us, you know, move forward in this new direction or that's I don't know those are the kind of things I'm trying to think through like how do we make the most of you know all these social kinds of things because I I think if you know, it was interesting in one of our classes you know there were three or four of our 12 who were really these young adults who were freshmen sophomore maybe juniors in college themselves they're starting to think real strategically about oh hey we need to you know, meet so-and-so because they're coming into the core, you know, group of your leaders. Eventually, you would want everyone to have this kind of DNA, but just to constantly be a little bit more others-minded than they 
wouldn't be otherwise. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of going on a little. Soapbox well, there. I am so tempted to just want to dive into that with some pushback, Chris, but I'm going to save it because I don't disagree with you, but with my group, if we can get on a walk there yet, it's not like they're sitting in a small group together or we just can't get them to stop just doing social things. It's like, that's not even happening yet. And so we're just trying to find that connectivity. So we have some momentum there for people that would, that would be open to or want to go, Hey, what if, does anybody want to start up a Bible study together or somebody to get around older young adult or to get around older adults that I could bring alongside and be like, invest in this young, like we were investing this young, like we were getting there and then COVID. Now I feel like we're starting all over again. I wonder if there's other people too. So I've got lots to learn in, in that regard. I just, we're like at negative on foundational. Like we just need to build back up again, but culture corner. Are we okay with diving into there? Yeah. My my yeah, intro my I, I did two I was gonna do an, this one or this one but my my intro one guy and watched any of his videos I'm not on TikTok but I see his TikTok videos on Instagram or Facebook Have you watched this guy at all Have you see, Do you guys know what I'm talking about I was just saying I had not I had not um, heard of I, I'm not on TikTok either and had not heard of that guy previous to you sharing that article with Chris and I but in reading through it and then watching the videos that were linked in it his his angry but kind uh, yeah. videos were just, I found them funny. Like I, it was like, oh man, this is like, this is um, hilarious. But then to read the the rest of the article talking about how he was homeless, dude, uh, that was, it was heartbreaking. And it was, it was this weird thing of like, oh, different responses of like, okay, this is weird, like weird, but also like, how easy can it be to put up a persona or to have something um, online that's so different than what our reality is. Mm. But at the same time, like it raised awareness of what he was going through in a way that wouldn't have happened otherwise, but like on a just basic level, it was funny stuff. I That's what caught my attention. It was one of those random was I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this, I'm like, what is this? And, and this lady's knitting or crocheting or something, some type of pillow. And it looks like this guy and he looks angry. And I, I, I listened, I watched it without the audio one time. I was like, oh, this guy's upset because she's like making something that looks like him. And, and, and then I turned on the audio and he's like, gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And I was like, wait, what, what is this? So I watched it. And then I, when I, when I jumped into the story, here's what caught me. This is why I brought up to you guys, a 22 year old young adult living in Lafayette, Indiana, who during the pandemic has been evicted from where he was living with someone and is now living in his car and overnight had a million views. And I just wondered if that's changed his life for the better, but it just sounds like one of those kind of like hard luck, um, but all of a sudden had good luck, Gen z -er, these are the days and times that we, that we live in when something can just hit people just right online and then, and then, and then take off. And I just culturally, I, I looked at that and just went this, these are interesting times that, that we're living in and, and it's also entertaining and I hope things are going good for it. But anyway, that was just kind of the intro to the, to the article on geriatric millennials, but Chris, did you have any 
reactions to angry reactions. Any any further input? I think that's awesome. It's gorgeous. What are you doing? Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah, me too. Me too. Perfect. All right. Why the hybrid workforce of the future depends on the geriatric millennial. Did I did I share this with you guys or did one of you guys send this to me? Jeremy, did you send this to me? You shared it. I'd seen it in a few places, hadn't checked it out until you sent it. And it really puts me at ease uh, wondering why as a 30-year-old, I haven't started three companies yet. And it's not my fault. It's because I wasn't born until 1991. And I didn't fall in that little area that the article describes as um, young enough that they, um, if they'd been any older, they would have been it, picked a job and been in it lifelong any any younger, and there wouldn't have been that that sweet spot uh, to start companies like Facebook and Reddit and I think Twitter. I love your tone right now. I like it a lot. And it's like I, I one of the thoughts I had, you know, I one of my favorite TV shows is Shark Tank. But anytime I watch it, I'm like, man what am I doing with my life? I need to start something. I usually have to balance it out by watching some judge Judy because judge Judy makes me feel good about my life. I'm not, taking my cousin, <laughs> I'm not taking my cousin to court over a PS two. Um, but I, you know, as a younger millennial, I feel like it gives me uh, a rationale to, to not be a success. I, I can't keep it up. I any love longer. It. It's, okay. <laughs> but it, 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 it is interesting uh, to, uh, to read that and kind of uh, diagnosing that little niche of um, millennial class. I, you know, you can dissect stuff down maybe too far, but it, I found it an intriguing article. I'm kind of looking at that timeline of people being born in the early 1980s and how it kind of seemed well, to be, they came of age at the perfect time to start new things. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the the link in in the in the show notes, but this is this is my favorite couple of sentences from the article. Um, Geriatric millennials can read the subtext of an SMS just as well as they can pick up on a client's hesitation in their facial expressions, which other millennials younger may or may not be able to, and definitely not Gen Z. I that, that's kind of the impression that I I got from facial expressions during an in person meeting. I'm not really picking up what you're putting down socially here. They are neither ignorant of technology nor so engrossed in it that a voicemail inspires fear. I thought that was funny. Why use a phone as a phone, you know? Personally attacked. <laughs> I don't like phone calls. For reals? Stop it. Yeah. I mean, if okay, if it's if it's you guys, it's different. Close friends, family members. Um, but uh yeah, I I'd much uh, rather it I don't in enjoy person phone calls or as, a, <laughs> as a legitimate Gen Xer. Um, yeah, speaking of angry reactions, I mean, <laughs> I was I was intrigued by, I saw some Twitter stuff, you know, where some people were a little bit um, irritated, I think, by being called geriatric millennial. Um, Stephanie, the chaplain okay. at Mount Vernon. Listen, She's one that, of the ones I saw. That reminds yeah. me. That reminds me. Let me give credit where credit is due. I got this off of Stephanie's. Oh, yeah. I, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw that she, I was like, what is this? And I clicked on it. And I just, I love her little comments that she makes because there's so much yeah. in them. And then, and then that's when I sent it to you guys. So that reminds me. Yeah. She was my, she was my source for this article. Shout out. 
Yeah, and so I, you know, I traced the article and a few other threads and saw that. I just thought it was interesting. And I, you know, as an older, you know, Gen Xer, I just wanted to say like, hey, you're still a millennial. Don't be griping because you're, it's just saying you're an old millennial, okay? <laughs> but don't get all bent out of shape about it. Um, and I don't know, there's a part of me, I don't know if this is a Gen X thing, but I, I often you know, just have kind of a critiquing skeptical mindset. And a, a part of me wants to say, you know, some of the things in this article can always be said of a particular generation, mm. you know, who's, who's in that sweet spot really between older career folks, you know, and the very youngest crop of, you know, workers coming into the workplace or whatever. I feel like always that 30 to 40 year old is going to be like, a, a critical, you know, person uh, helping to bridge the gap between, you know, the 40 and over yeah. crowd in the workplace versus the, the entry level, whatever. So uh, a part of me wants to say like, okay, I mean, this is not necessarily novel information only about, you know, this particular age group, but in every generation, I think there is there is this in-between crowd that uh, that helps to do these sort of things. Now, I don't want to minimize the, you know, some of the stuff is legitimately true, you know, about like, you know, a lot of Gen Zers not being able to handle a phone call, like to have a personable conversation on a on a phone call. You know, I noticed that about my own uh, my own children, <laughs> and sometimes their inability to to handle certain communications face-to-face right. -face or phone or whatever so it's not to say that i don't think there's accurate stuff in that article but generally i would say um yeah there was not a lot of stuff there that i think is only true of this particular age group i think i think that that in-between bridge kind of generation is kind of always critical in, uh, in certain and I, th I think even if you take it outside of age demographics, that's where some of the most impactful people um, are when they're able to be kind of like the, the cultural um, bridge builders, uh, where they can help bridge two different cultures. Like that's whether it be uh, within the business world, with like, you know, missionaries, when you're able to be cross-cultural in some format, whether it's uh, from the business world into the nonprofit, you think about like some of the most um, like meaningful leaders. I think of like um, Simon Sinek, who's a business guy, but I've been seeing him in a bunch of like Christian mm -hmm. circles recently. And it's like, it's not necessarily anything unique, but he's taking it from one culture into another. And I feel like that's a sweet spot, can be a sweet spot for people in, in leadership. It's where you got experts in one area and experts in another, but if you're able to be in that, I think Seth Godin talks about that. Like if you can be like above average in the intersection of two things, like you can be really provide meaningful work uh, in the world. So it's, yeah. There's a it's, nugget. It's, it's true. It is, as you said, Chris, it's not necessarily unique uh, to this specific generation. Um, though millennials are completely unique and one of a kind uh, as a generation. Um, yes, you each are, individually. 
each individually. <laughs> I, I appreciated how they talked about leveraging whatever your older end of your employee is and the younger end of your employees for the, the gifts and talents that they have and helping them complement each other. In the last paragraph, it says being fluent in both analog and digital communication styles is a key skill for today's leaders. And we've talked before about digital dialects, back to the cultural stuff and missionary stuff. Um, and I, I get jazzed by that, those types of conversations and being able to figure out what is the communication style or platform that this person is going to respond to me in? Like I, I had that this week with another Gen Xer where I used one social media platform on the back end messenger and they, I didn't hear from him, but then I used Instagram messenger, same companies and messaged them and they responded right back to me. And then maybe it took two points of contact, but it was, they responded on that one. And I just find that interest to find that dial in that digital dialect to help people to, to be heard. But sometimes you just got to go analog. Sometimes, you know, when it all goes down, when the system all goes down and we don't have our self-sustaining homes set up yet because they cost $1.2 million each, we're just going to have to go analog with our paper and our books and our sketch pads, Chris. Yeah, my takeaway from that article in some ways is just reinforcing what we often talk about. It's just the need for mentoring and um, intentional transfer of leadership and development, you know, with young adults, um, you know, I, I get little group me messages constantly from our, our young adult college class, you know, and they're like having interviews for jobs, you know, hey, pray for me, this is going on. Hey, I just got that job. Like, I've seen two different young adults who just you know, group meet while we're online here on this podcast. Um, and it's just a reminder that I'm, I'm constantly in a, in a role with young adults, where I'm encouraging them, mentoring them, helping them prepare for an interview, helping them think through some things. Um, so anyway, just that mentoring, you know, helping them bridge into uh, the real world with all the generational complexities. Yeah, I think it's an, a great opportunity to, to help them um, walk together towards commitment, which is actually the subtitle of chapter two of the book, Not Done Yet. <laughs> I love your which, intros to the book, Jeremy. I was just waiting. I could feel it building. I, I, I pride myself on seamless transitions. You see this vein right here in my forehead? I'm so excited right now. As we're working through the book, Not Done Yet, um, chapter two is entitled Initiating, Walking Together Towards Commitment. It's part of this uh, multi-chapter process uh, that um, Beth, the author, points out. There, you, And Chris got a physical copy, so he can he show that off on the, on the video here. Um, as I'm we... There you go. <laughs> geriatric. Such a spectacle. Uh, I'm a geriatric exer. <laughs> for for the two of you um what stood out to you guys from this chapter as she um begins this process um she has like this multiple step process of connecting uh, young adults into uh, the life of uh vibrant churches um and this first one being initiating was there anything uh nuggets of wisdom uh, there are nuggets of wisdom what are the nuggets of wisdom that stood out to you guys from this chapter I would say um, 
you know, the pathways thing, she talks about there's kind of three different pathways where emerging yeah. adults tend to connect with churches. Um, one through the invitation of friends. Um, another way is kind of a combination of they're in crisis, so they're they're open to input. They're open to maybe some faith-based kind of solutions in their lives. You pair that up with a personal invitation of a friend, and that's often a way that an emerging adult might connect with the church. And then the third pathway is just someone is going through crisis. It causes them to reach out to look online to figure out, you know, where can I get some help to look for a church nearby? And that's where her emphasis on I think websites mm -hmm. and, and making sure that your church website is relevant and helps basically connect. It, it's ready to be viewed and seen as helpful by someone in that state. Um, so, I mean, those three pathways, I thought that was good. And obviously this chapter on initiating is just really encouraging, I, I think, us to, you know, as the church, and especially within, a, I think, ministry within the church as we're thinking outwardly is to just always have this posture of, of welcoming, inviting, uh, you know, the whole idea of always, you know, not every church, I think, could, not every young adult is part of a church where they're going to always feel positive and, and be excited about their church and it be a place. But that's definitely one of the characteristics of these bright spot churches. That there's, there's good things going on, you know, in the church, ministry, leadership, um, and so it creates a, an opportunity for um, initiating conversations with, with young adults about church and faith. And, and I like one of the stories she mentions where she just had, you know, this young adult basically is her method of inviting a friend to church is just like, hey, I get a lot out of this. You know, I go to this church and I always kind of take, I always get something positive and helpful, just a real practical you know, way to talk about church, not like, you know, oh, well, if you believe all these, you know, you believe these things or you're ready to totally surrender your life to Christ, then yeah, you can come to church. Um, but just a much more welcoming, inviting kind of way to initiate conversations about faith and church and whatever. I think the online presence, you know, your website, social media, um, and, and, being intentional about those things that's that's our digital doorstep i think that's the for our church communities um and a, and a place to connect people um to each other not just to the church but to each other and to what's going on and and um pointing to where christ is at both gathered in community and and in in our larger community that the church is a part of um get so stoked when I read things like where we work and where we play is where God has placed us in mission to invite people, you know, to the, the hope of Christ and to think outside the box. Like I, I read stuff like that and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how am I doing that? And how is that playing out? And how are we doing that? And is it just about me or are there other people involved? And will this live beyond just one person or, or, or personality? Um, those are all things that I, I found, um, very thought provoking in the chapter 
and also the the just the invitation to us and challenge as young adult ministry leaders of tackling the tough cultural and social subjects and what that looks like. I, I tend to kind of wait for those questions and things to emerge rather than initiate them um, because that can go sideways, but sometimes you, you need to initiate it. So people feel free that they can talk about pressing issues for them that, that they've been wondering is okay to talk about this particular subject there. So. Those are some of the highlights of, of just wisdom that she shared in the initiating chapter. Yeah, I think one of the main takeaways I, I walk away from this chapter with is just the reminder that for so many of us, um, there, there are instances where someone comes to Christ because of a supernatural kind of like one-on-one experience with Jesus. But for so many of us, it's like Andrew and Peter in the New Testament, like, taking his brother by the hand and saying, I found the Messiah. I want to, I want to introduce you to him. And it's, it's through personal invitation. It's through personal relationships. It's not transactional. It's not bait and switch, but it's like real life relationships with those outside of the church culture uh, and intentionally not, not being salesman-y, but saying like, if you truly believe uh, in the good news, like you're going to want, it's, it's going to exude out of you and you, it, it takes intentionality, yes, um, but to just share that with others um, and invite them to participate in that in uh, in ways that are, you know, sometimes that that don't have a big risk with them, and and other times uh, inviting them into you know service opportunities, things like that. But just a reminder that it's it takes invitation. Um, that's how I it was someone taking me by the hand and saying like, let me introduce you to Jesus. Um, that's how many of our stories come about, uh, and that's regardless of generation is true, but especially uh, for those who don't have uh, as much of a interaction or experience with the church as well. It's a good chapter uh, showing some research along with anecdotal stories uh, to make that point. Yeah. We didn't talk about the nons, but she talked about the nons a lot in that chapter. And there's a lot of research and there's people in the Nazarene church that are doing great work, research and teaching around the, the nons that, that folks can access. But I was feeling the transition to chapter three happening here, but I'm going to hear your version, Jeremy. I, I actually um, need to go. No. So I can't talk about chapter three. <sighs> are you doing the guest? Inter- are you doing the guest interview? The live book reading guest interview person? I think that was Chris. I think I got one of those coming up. You do? Yeah. yeah. Do we know who it is? A, and that's a great segue. Um, stay tuned. More information coming soon. Okay. About so our next. A platform near you. Fair enough. As we yeah, continue yeah, hope, the conversation. Hopefully within the next week, I'll, I'll nail down a, a kind of a live stream, Facebook live guest um, to discuss some of these things. And. And yeah, I think Jeremy and I both have to uh, duck out of this, wrap things up. So we're going to save chapter three uh, for next time. Is it? Okay, that's fine. We're going to do the outro right now. (laughs) So until next time. Hey, fail forward. Be present. Be teachable. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Peace.